Jason. Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Hey, Jason, did you know that Budget Blinds of Lee Summit is the home for signature series shades? All hail those robot shade overlords. You know, if you are ready to make your home a smart home, this is the place to go. And Jason, why don't you give us a couple of reasons why this is a good idea? Well, first of all, you get like a cool app and you can like fiddle with it from your phone. But honestly, in, a, in the bigger and more important things, it, you can well, program it get better than being able to do stuff from your phone. Well, look, as, as, a, as a guy who likes tech toys, that's all I really need. But, but for like real reasons that you can sell to say the wise and the people who already would make your home a smart home if you weren't in it like my wife and other people um, that you can program your shades to go up or down to give you security uh, so that they can be down at times when you want them down and you don't have to remember that. And they can give you some additional energy efficiency by helping keep your home warm or cool, depending on what you desire. So efficiency and safety, two big reasons why you would want signature series shades. I'm going to throw in one more reasons. Go for it. OCR friends at budget blinds. When you go in there, tell our good buddy, Courtney Stoddard, tell her happy birthday. Today, actually, today we're recording, yesterday is her birthday. So happy birthday to Courtney Stoddard. Go on down and see our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit right in the heart of Lee Summit in downtown. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. Jason, today's episode is also brought to us by Feed Lee Summit. Feed Lee Summit is sponsored by the Sunrise Rotary Club. This is the second annual event that benefits Lee Summit Social Services, One Good Meal, Meals on Wheels, and Cold Water of Lee Summit. They've got a big, big goal this year. It is, it is very, very ambitious, but I think this community can come together and get that and help them raise and I want you to say it with me. You could even do the Dr. Evil Pinky, $100,000. And that's a big needed $100,000, folks. This goes to help those four agencies help feed people in our community who need it, who need a little help. So this year, it's a virtual event. It's going to be November seventh or November 12th at 7 p.m. Head to feedls.org to register and get all of the details and help all these, all these agencies keep our community as great as it is. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who cannot possibly love America more than me because he has not already voted. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. You know, I'm old school, Jason. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until that day in November. I did it. Like I got, we got ours right away. Turned them right around. Got the whole house voted. We are, we are voted. So let me ask you a question. Sure. Is this is this uh, is this voting year? First time voting year for your son, for your oldest? Uh, no, not yet. He will turn eighteen next year. So oh, next okay. year will be his. He will not be able to catch any municipal stuff. Uh, but then every election after that, he will be eligible to vote. So yep, he'll be his first opportunity to vote for a president will be twenty twenty four. 
I remember when I turned 18 and my first votes, but I, I think that's going to be cool as we, as we have children grow into that age. It'll be fun to watch them. I, I remember mine as well. I was 18. I had moved to Texas to go to school and I voted in the, um, we'll call it hotly contested gubernatorial election <laughs> between Ann Richards and Clayton Williams and Google those names and you'll get some <laughs> stuff. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, um, it was quite an election that year, but yep, I remember those first votes as well. So haven't missed one since and don't plan on starting anytime soon. Link to Lee Summit is, as always, the source for all the news you need about our very fine city and our unofficial sponsor today. It's Eddie Van Halen. Rest in peace, brother. Brought us brought Man, us eruption. Sad so news. So much guitar stuff. And now I'm a little sad. And our our friend Troy uh, is I, I think he may be actually devastated by this news and and we feel bad for him the whole van halen family uh but uh but poor uh poor eddie and we we thank you for your contributions to our to our lives especially our teenage years <laughs> you know i don't know about you i did i actually played a bunch of van halen songs this afternoon i did we not recorded I did not. this on tuesday so after that after All that right. broke in the afternoon I, I i turned on some van halen played that my boy and i sat at our at our work table while he's doing online schooling and i was working and we we had a little van halen going well that is some good stuff so nick what's going on in the community well we're gonna go through a few news and notes and then jason as you hinted earlier we're gonna talk a little bit about voting but first hey today it's wednesday it's the off day between the two schedules as the LSR 7 students grades 4 through 12 begin their hybrid learning schedules. Cohort district- B, you're on deck. <laughs> the district, as everybody knows, started 100% uh, virtual for grades 4 through 12. And then just last week, they announced, announced the move this week to a hybrid schedule for those who chose in-person learning. So the A block has finished. And now cohort B will start cohort on Thursday B. and Friday I, with some I, in-person schools. Am I driving through the uh, city? I have not seen any school buildings on fire. So I'm assuming that the uh, return to in-person schooling for these students has gone at least passably well so far. So good luck to ho- cohort B. Get back in there. Be safe. Be smart. Take care of yourselves. Hey, and in case you didn't know, there's a raffle going on. Kind of a weird, cool raffle event happening. Downtown Lee Summit has a big raffle event going on. This is in place of its annual uh, fall Piccadilly Gala fundraiser, which is a big fundraiser for the organization. As everything else, Jason, canceled because of COVID. COVID ruins everything. You can buy your tickets now at downtownls.org. This is a great way to support that organization that works to support all of the businesses in the district, which, which really serves as the heart of our community. And I want to throw in a good on you, Jason. I'm going to throw right. in a good on you. Who are we getting? Summit Theater Group. They've been without a home, and this week they signed a lease, and they have a new home on Oldham Parkway. It's going to be great for them to hold rehearsals. They're going to get to have some small performances there, and as they continue to expand, they're now offering some some, uh, educational services. And so there's going to be, be some acting lessons and things going on. It's called the Summit Theater Group Studio. That'll be happening there. So good on you and congratulations to Summit Theater Group as they have a new home. That is pretty One of awesome. our arts organizations. And speaking of the arts, Friday, Friday starts Lee Summit's Arts and Culture Week. 
We're going to make fun of, or actually last Friday we started making fun of Glenda Masters, the cultural arts manager, that it's a nine-day event, but she's calling it a week. Well, you know, you got to pack in extra. And look, no, no theater or arts person has ever finished on time, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty cool deal. There's going to be, it's just a chance uh, to celebrate all of, the, all of the arts and cultural things that happen in our community. Go to explore. That's why it's nine days, Nick, because there's so much they couldn't fit it in That's an easily right. set right. Go to explorels.com for a complete listing of all the activities going on. Check out the last two Friday episodes of our Lisa Town Hall podcast. We had a couple of guests there. We had Glenda Masters last week talking about the event. Before that, we had local artist Holly Couch talking about some of her artwork. And uh, we're going to have a little surprise, I think, uh, coming up this Friday. I'm gonna, we're going to hear from, from one of my favorite people in town. Jason, it's time to move to something a little more serious. All right, I have to put my uh, big boy explainer pants on here. Let's go. You do, and you hinted at this earlier with the talk of voting. I wanted to take a little bit of time this week to talk about the upcoming election. We are now less than one month away from the November election. I wanted to chat a little bit about what's on that ballot. I know most people know pretty much, but let's run through first what's going to be on that, that ballot in November. Now, Nick, I don't know if you've heard this. Because I know that you try to pay close attention to this, but this may have slipped under the radar. There is apparently an election for the president of the United States of America on the ballot. On Has that been in the time. news? That a little bit here and there. It slips in like at the end or well, like, every if possible it's not, minute. If it's not local, what do coverage. I care? Yeah, it's not. Well, and in one way, I guess it does eventually <laughs> get to local. But in addition to the presidential election, we you are. Know, I try my I try my best to stay just focused in our backyard but i've, I've heard a couple of things yeah then that news of that tends to sneak in um we are also having elections statewide elections for uh governor uh state treasurer and attorney general um are coming up here and if you find someone on the street who knows i would say just the republican and democratic candidates for those all of those positions please give them a new hobby um, because they're a person <laughs> who pays way more attention. I mean, like I pay attention and I couldn't rattle off all those names. I could get some, but not all of them for sure. So uh, there we go. All right. So in addition to that, there are your typical uh, November elections for various state senators, state representatives, sheriff, although that's an uncontested election, uh, prosecuting attorney for Jackson County as well. Uh, there are, is the, the, the typical run of judicial retention elections. Uh, that are on there by our our judicial selection system in Jackson County. We we the judges are nominated through a nonpartisan process, and then every I think it's six years they they come back up on the ballot uh, for retention um, in that sort of a process. Um, so those are the the people elections and the ones we don't pay as much attention to on this particular podcast. So now we're going to roll into the, Man, the there, ones. there are there are some issues as well for the people we, to decide. Missouri is full of ballot initiatives, uh, either either indiv- or either voter uh, generated or legislator generated, as we have this year. Um, a couple of those as we go forth. So, all right. So, constitutional amendment number one on there is number asking, one in our hearts. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> this is, I'm sure, really important to a lot of people. Uh, asking, should we? I guess I'll start this way. Uh, Missouri currently, the governor of Missouri 
is uh, limited to two terms as governor, um, as our uh, state legislators, both senators and representatives are both limited to eight years in either house um, of the of the or either chamber of the legislature there. However, as of current, um, the, uh, the lieutenant governor, the secretary of state, the auditor, and the attorney general, all of which are real positions held by people in the state of Missouri, <laughs> are all elected without term limits. So, for instance, uh, Jay Nixon, former governor Jay Nixon, was, uh, before he became the governor, he was the attorney general for four terms, up to, uh, I think it was 16 years in the office of attorney general. So, this question is asking, shall they extend those term limits that apply to the governor and as well to the state treasurer? Uh, to the Lieutenant Governor, Secretary of State, Auditor, and Attorney General? That's the question. Um, so I guess it's really a referendum on how people feel about term limits in general, uh, but there, there is that one there. That's not really the one that's gotten the headlines, though. No, there is another one, Jason. There's no amendment two, but there is an amendment three. Well, there was and- an amendment two, but it passed in August. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is an amendment three, and that has gotten a lot more attention. Now, Jason, this one might be a little confusing. I, I think it's intentionally so. Um, all right. So last year, as many of our listeners, I'm sure, will remember, uh, on the ballot was a constitutional amendment to change a lot of the campaign finance and redistricting or anti-gerrymandering or the gerrymandering rules that we had in the state of Missouri. And it created an an office of a state demographer who is appointed to follow some formulas and la la la. We talked a lot about it last year, actually, as we went through, or yeah, it was last year, as we went through this process. It passed uh, something on the order of 60 plus percent. Well, the legislature, Uh, decided that they would sponsor a constitutional amendment um, put and put it forth to change those rules um, to change the campaign contribution limits to and then I think most importantly uh, change the redistricting rules um, from what they were changed to last year let me ask this question Jason were the new rules enacted has what was voted on by 60 voted through by 60 plus percent of missouri voters last year were those things enacted i want to say yes but the for instance the state demographer bit was not because it's not really a thing until after the census um, because that's when the redistricting handles. I believe, if my memory serves, uh, the the campaign finance rules on on gifts from lobbyists, campaign contribution limits, all did change this last year. And if they didn't, they were set to here coming up, I think, in this next year um, as they would go into this. So this is something, but short version. Um, and if you go back through the years in Missouri, you'll find that the the ballot initiative process seems to be a relatively tense battle between the voters of Missouri and the legislature uh, that we put forth. And I'm going to stop commenting on that particular point at that since I, so before I start yelling uh, about things. So, but that's the one. So, oh, and I think this, it, I'll, we'll make it as clear as I can. If you want, if you're voting and you want the rules that were voted in by the people last year to remain or go into effect, 
you should vote no on three. If you want the legislature's ideas of those changes to go into effect, you should vote yes on three. That's the rough, the rough piece to the whole puzzle. Um, and I think that was relatively free of, uh, of invective and personal opinion. <laughs> right. well, well, thank you for that. And good, good effort, by the way. Strong effort. Strong hey, effort. Know, I'm trying. Let's, uh, let's narrow back down a little bit and let's come into Jackson County, Missouri. Question one, Jason, it's, is asking to add a fee for 911 services if contacted by whatever device. Right. So basically, I mean, as I would understand, if you look at you, if you had a landline, if you still have a landline, if you look at it, there's a 911 fee um, or any kind of a terrestrial uh, thing, even I think cable, like if you get your phone service through the cable company, there's a 911 fee that goes with it. Uh, on many uh, services, I think cell phones primarily amongst them, there are there is not. And this gives the county a capacity to add a 911 fee to the bill, which makes some sense, I guess, since we're mostly a cell phone uh, bunch of folks these days. Right. Well, now we're going to switch over. Once again, we went to the less known thing. Now we're going to go back to the thing that's getting a little bit more attention. Jason, question two for Jackson County is about taking down and removing Andrew Jackson statues at the Jackson County Courthouse. Right. And, the, and that's a very simple question. I mean, do you want them down or not? Um, well, earlier this year, in the wake of the, uh, the murder of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter uh, movement and, and all of the conversation that, that sparked around that, there was a, a move by a lot of public pressure on the county legislature to remove the statues from in front of the uh, from the county courthouses, both in Independence and Kansas City, and the legislature and the county executive de uh, decided that the best way to figure out what to do with that is to put it to a vote um, of the people and and go with it at that point. So that is that one. That's county question number two. Okay, now that we've looked at looked at the ballot really quickly. Um, I didn't want to spend too much time on it, but what I do want to spend a little bit of time now is, again, I'm going to focus on something that's been confusing to, to many. So, Jason, we take into account here, living in, living in the, uh, the pandemic world that we are, and many people are not feeling comfortable as they, they look ahead to standing in line to cast their ballots in this presidential election where we will see likely a lot bigger turnout than normal. So there are two ways that in Missouri that you can cast your ballot without showing up in person on election day. You can vote absentee or you can vote mail in. Now let's start with Jason, the difference between the two, because I think some people are confused. Okay. So, I mean, as a function, I will say this, well, as a function, they're not terribly different in terms of the impact of what you vote, not in person, by, you know, um, through and you get a ballot sent to you, you fill it out and you return it uh, either through the mail um, in one case or potentially in person in the other. Okay, so that's the, the basic. In gist, in the end of it, in the gist, those are the same, they're very, very similar things. Absentee ballot has been a, in Missouri um, a thing for a very, very long time. So any person who falls under the list of excuses can request an absentee ballot. And that is absent from this jurisdiction. If you have an in, uh, incapacity where you just can't physically get to a ballot place, 
uh, religious belief, if you're working as a poll worker, incarcerated, assuming you still have rights to vote, um, if you are part of the witness protection program, or if uh, this year um, was added on a COVID category, which we'll, we'll come back to here in just a bit. Uh, but the process has been the same for many years. You contact the, the, your local board of elections, usually at the county or city level. Uh, uh, you, you get it back, you fill it out, you follow the instructions, and then you can return it to the uh, election authority by mail. You can physically return the envelope uh, with the ballot in it to the election board itself. That's what I did last week. Um, or um, in this case, you can actually vote absentee in person. So you can show up at the election board's facility for that, which is on the square in beautiful downtown Independence, uh, and uh, and fill, uh, stand in line and vote as if you were voting on election day, but you're doing it in advance of the election, as presuming you have one of the, the various excuses. This year, uh, in response to the pandemic, the Missouri legislature uh, created, I, I would say, two new things, one of which is an additional excuse that if you have either contracted or are at risk for contracting or transmitting COVID-19 to a, an at-risk person, um, and at-risk is there's definitions, and one of them is like someone over age 65, immunocompromised, et cetera, uh, you can use that as an excuse to absentee vote. Or um, you can, this is the other category they created, you can, without an excuse, for this year only, for 2020 only, you can request what they're calling a mail-in ballot. So that means you send your request to the county, they mail you a ballot, you fill it out, you must notarize it, or have it notarized. Sorry, you probably shouldn't notarize your own signature. <laughs> and then you Not must- Not a good idea. You must also then mail it back. That there's the the sort of the kick to the whole process, and that's the major difference I think between them, is that the absentee ballots you can either cast them in person, or you can return a ballot in person to the county election board. A mail-in ballot must be used through the must be delivered through the mail. Well. First thing I want to remind people is today is Wednesday, October 7th. So in Missouri, this is the last day to register to vote. So if you are not registered to vote in any way, you can do that today. This is the Absolutely. last day. If you are a Jackson County register, you can go to jcebmo.org and you can check your registration status and it'll take you like a minute. It's right there on the front page. So you can do that. Make sure you're registered. And then if you're not registered, get registered. To, go get registered get right now. Registered. Right now. Don't wait. Now, Jason... Let's talk deadlines. Are there deadlines for mail-in voting? Uh, all of them are, all of the deadlines are by the, I believe it's, uh, set, let's see, 7 p.m. on election day. They have to have received the ballot. So that means if you are doing an absentee ballot, you can walk it to the election board on the day of election and put it in the box on that day if that's what you need to do. Or... If you're going to mail it, it, it's not that it be postmarked, mind you, it has to be in the hands of the election board by 7 p.m. on election day. And if you followed the news, you know there's been some delays and a lot of controversy around the mail service and, and how they're handling and how they will be handling this expected large amount of volume of mail over the this next month or so. So, you know, if you're doing a mail-in ballot, the sooner you get it in the mail, 
the better off you're going to be. I don't know that you'd want to try to cut that margin thin to get it in, uh, in hand on that. And that's different jurisdictions have different standards on when they must receive the ballots. Some jurisdictions require a postmark. Some require a postmark and to be received within a certain amount of time. And some just, if we receive it within a certain amount of time, um, are there, you know, there, there are different rules and jurisdictions, but Missouri's is they must be in the hands of the election board by 7 PM on election day. If somebody has chosen the mail in, how can they find a notary? There are a lot of ways. Um, one is if most banks, if you have a bank account, you can go to your bank and they will do a notary for you, the customer of the bank. Uh, many uh, businesses have notaries on staff. So perhaps an accountant or an attorney um, often have a notary. Someone in the office will have their notary public uh, certification. Uh, there are volunteers. Uh, Donnie Rogers, because I know he loves being mentioned by name on this podcast, uh, <laughs> has done some volunteering to do notary um, at, at events um, in the city um, and other things where he's helping people get their ballots processed and, and doing notaries for those things. And, and a, a good on you to Donnie for that. Um, but um, so anywhere there's a notary, someone can notarize your, your ballot. Um, you'll generally be required to show a picture ID that has your name on it. Uh, and your photo uh, so that you can, they can identify that it's you. Um, I know during the, some of the, the height of the pandemic uh, for the June election, uh, the, uh, the ballots were uh, many of like the banks were offering uh, notarization through a drive-through actually. So you could do a drive-through notarization. Don't know if that's still the case, but a lot of different places are, are trying to be as flexible as they can. And there's a lot of people out there, I think that are offering those notary services to, to get there. But accountants, uh, lawyers, any kind of professional offices, often real estate offices may have them and they'd be willing to do that for you as well. There's a lot of uh, real estate documents will need notaries um, as you go through that. So those, those are, but honestly, any notary in Missouri can, can handle your ballot. All right. Well, that really wraps things up. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do one more thing, Jason. When we first started this podcast, we talked about how this was all about people being involved in the community and what is the first and best way for people to get involved? Vote. 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 So if you are not registered, make sure you are. Go to jcebmo.org. Check to see if you're registered. If not, go register. Voting is the first way that you can join the conversation and help shape our community. That's going to wrap us up for this week, Jason. We'll talk to everybody next time.